you don't love me. And there may be someone else. And as I sit alone here at home, knowing what I should do, I find I can't stay away from you. I can't stay away from you. episode of Open Stride Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank y'all for joining us as we climb up the ladder of our NBA preview, our Open Stride NBA preview. Obviously, you know that I am joining my man, Faze, who's been me along the way. Man, Faze, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm trying to get more of these teams out, let all of our listeners know what it is. Understandable, understandable. And uh, we have a surprise guest with us today. We have my man, Lawrence, if you listen to anything Open Stride, you have already heard Lawrence once before, but he is with us to be a part of the journey for the uh, NBA preview. Lawrence, Law, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me on tonight, you guys. No problem, man. No problem. All right, man. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, just to kind of recap, from 30 um, to 24, we started with the Washington Wizards, the Portland Trailblazers at 29, the San Antonio Spurs at 28. 27 is the um, Charlotte Hornets. 26 is the Toronto Raptors. 25 is the Detroit Pistons. 24 is the Brooklyn Nets. And at the 23 spot, we have the Utah Jazz. Faze, let me hear it, man. What are these what were these off-season transactions that the Jazz had? I had an interesting one. For a couple years now, there's been rumors of Atlanta trying to get rid of John Collins. And finally, a team bit. And Utah was a team that bit. So they acquired John Collins. And they also signed a uh, former Miami big man, Omer Yurtsevin, and drafted Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, and Bryce Sensabaugh. They, they really didn't lose too much. They only lost Rudy Gay and Damian Jones. Rudy Gay just isn't with the team anymore. And uh, Damian Jones got traded to Cleveland uh, for cash. And then the they also re-signed Jordan Clarkson, which kind of came as a surprise because many people thought at, at this part of his career he'd be trying to compete for a championship, six man of the year already in the books. So go compete for a championship. But he wants to stick around Utah a little longer, and they end up re-signing him. Believe it or not, not every player wants to win a championship. Your favorite player of all time is, 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 is known to do that. Who? Carmelo. But that's Camilla wants to win a championship. You're crazy if you thought Melo didn't want to win a championship. He just wanted to win it his way. He didn't want to win it early on. He wanted the money first, then the ring second. Then it switched later in the career to the ring because there's no, the money wasn't coming the same. That's cap, bro. That's like like that's that's lies, bro. I might even go go back and forth because those are lies, bro. That's not true. Two things can be true. He wanted to get paid, but he also wanted to win. That's what happened. But we're not about to talk about Melo. We're about to talk about the Utah Jazz. Uh, I, I remember once. I remember once. Dwayne Wade said, "If he could do it again, he would want his career to be like Jordan Clarkson's." He said, "You can dress fly as hell. You get paid. You get the hoop with no expectations, and you come off the bench so your body don't get wore out." <laughs> that's what. Literally, that's what he said. He may be saying that because he partial owner for the Utah Jazz, so he's just trying to up one of his players. Dwayne Wade said that. Yeah, bro. Dwayne Wade said that. <laughs> bro, he, he, bro, these days, you know Dwayne's be talking in the media. He just be talking. <laughs> he, he just be talking these days, uh, yeah, bro. This is a third grade shit and got it all the time. He don't wish that. 
Hey, that's what he said. If I if I if it's a lie, he told it. So now, if he said that, I don't know if you noticed, but if he said that and his current location was in Utah at that time, you know he got to make nice with people. He he just sold his house in Miami. They on the move. He's not trying to have people <laughs> burning down his house. He got to say what the people want to hear. Yeah, that's all that was. He did he did a fan service. So one thing I want to talk about from the trans um, transactions this offseason one transaction in particular is a john collins pickup so me and law would go back and forth about john collins a lot <laughs> and and law got some high standards he used to hold john collins up to so Lawrence, i just want to ask you how how do you feel about atlanta finally moving away from john after so many years of them talking about it and because it was years that they would talk about it, and then they gave him a, a contract extension. So he was like, "What's really going on?" And then so they 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 end up giving him a contract extension, but they still end up trading him finally and moving him to Utah Jazz. So my question to you is, um, how 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 is this pickup gonna be for Utah for John? What kind of kind of player can he be? Do you take this as a positive or a negative? Do you think he can blossom into a, a really good player there? Or do you kind of feel like you already know that his status of player already? I feel like I already know his status of player. Um, he is he is who he like he wasn't the type of cats like we talk about all the time in the group chat. He just worried about looking good and being able to <laughs> benefit from the lifestyle being a pro baller gives him. Um, I mean, I don't see him being able to really blossom in anything given the Jazz depth chart above him. He's not taking any Lori marketing minutes. He's not taking any of West Kessler minutes. I mean, that's you're starting five and four. So unless he's going to really buy into, let me be the second, let me be the first option on the second unit, but I just don't see that in him because he couldn't even buy in to be in the second option on the starting unit into Atlanta. He couldn't show up. If it's not a backdoor alley-oop, there's no offensive game. Now, maybe he's finally gotten into the lab other than trying on clothes, but I don't know. I don't know. Wait, what if they try to do like what Cleveland did and throw like a, a big man lineup out there, move out to three and let John run the four? I mean, that, but that would require them to play like a little bit slower game, and John doesn't have the put, like, it would just be, it would literally be five on four. And so it'd be like, why, why is John out here? I mean, I guess if you just want to have him to get fouls and be able to, like, guard other teams, like if they were playing like a Joel Embiid or Jokic, okay, just he's our body bag, go get fouls. But, I mean, he brings no benefit to the offense that he's shown us. And, I mean, what what year is this for John? Um, six, five? Yeah, five or six. I'm a, yeah, I think I'm going to say six. five, though. Yeah. yeah, so it's just kind of like at some point you are who you are. Yeah. He's good enough to keep keep getting checks, but he's like not good enough to really pass the expectation on his name. I saw like Atlanta Atlanta Streets were talking about it was the other day for the preseason game. Jalen Johnson had drove baseline and made a, a one handed baseline pass like out of bounds, and they were like, John would have threw that into twelfth row. Like <laughs> there was no <laughs> there was nothing for John here. And once the city realizes it, yeah, it's time for you to move on. Yeah, I I, I can agree there to a certain extent. So this he 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 got drafted in twenty seventeen. So this is his he been in the NBA for six six seasons, and he came in kind of uh kind of slow, 
Um, his second year, he really picked it up. Second and third year, he really picked it up. And that's when I thought he was going to really be something. Because um, he came out averaging 19 points and almost 10 rebounds a game. It was really almost 20 and 10 in his second year. So I was just like, oh, he looks pretty good. And then he came out his third year, and he actually averaged 20 10. He averaged 21 and 10. So I thought, okay, yes. But then his averages kind of started going down from there. And now he just had a career low. Well, not a career low. His uh, second career low, his his rookie year, he averaged 10. But last year, he averaged 13. And he just never was able to find his footing in, um, in Atlanta. I more so thought it was fit in Atlanta. I just thought he didn't. Their best player is Trey Young, obviously. And I just feel like he just didn't fit good next to Trey. And like you said too, Lawrence, like his game is very, is very, uh, how can I put it? It's very simple. You know, he doesn't have a lot of layers to his game. Um, and what you say, Faze, about them starting all three, the only reason I wouldn't like that is because I don't like Laurie Markin and playing the three position because I don't think – I feel like that doesn't benefit his game as well. And I, I feel like he plays best when he plays the four or five, when he can kind of take the big man off the dribble and kind of get up and down the court. But when he's matched up against smaller on wings, I feel like they, they take advantage of him. He's, he's not able to exceed, excel the way that he could, like how he has in Utah versus how he when he was playing the three when he was in Cleveland. So that's my only thing about playing all of them. But um, maybe he can take some minutes on Walker Kessler. Or he could just, like, be that six man off the bench and just ball off the bench. But, um, uh, Faze, I'm gonna ask, I want to ask Lawrence a question, but do you have anything else on John Collins before we move on? No, I mean, I... I'm kind of with y'all and John. I'm not. We. I'm not the biggest. Like I'm not gonna say I'm a hater, but I'm not the biggest fan. But I do be hating on the Hawks in general. But I just, it just, I don't know if it wasn't there. I thought he could have been better, especially last year. Like it, you play on a team with some expectation when you get Dejounte Murray and you didn't show that the urgency that you needed to compete. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is a way to rejuvenate your career in a different way. Yeah, I, I got hopes for him. I, I think he's gonna be a pretty good player. And um, Utah. At least I'm hoping he showed a lot of good signs early on. But like, so this is what I want to talk to Law about. So Law, early on, Keonti, what Keonti George, right? That's how you say his name. Yep. Keonti yeah, George. Keontae. Say it again. Keonti. Keontae George. Yeah. Came out. Uh, well, he played at Baylor, right? Yes, sir. Big yeah. country. Yes. So, I'm a man that has a pride and an ego, right? Just like all other men, well, most men. But I am one to admit when I am wrong. And I can come here and say now, I was wrong on Keontae George coming out. Well, I ain't going to say I'm wrong yet. Hold on. I'm not going to say I'm wrong yet until I see what he did in Summer League in the NBA. Early signs show that he gonna be a pretty good player, <laughs> but we have to see that portrayed in the actual NBA before I say I'm 100 percent wrong. Right now, it's trending towards me being wrong, but I'm not gonna give up hope yet because I want the young man to be good, but I want my take to be right too. But I would rather him be good and my take be wrong at the end of the day. But uh, I'll say what I had to say about him coming out the draft. Well, come not even come out the draft. Law would talk about Keontae when he was in college. And I was just like, bruh, he a college player. Like, he going to be nice in college. He going to do his thing in college. But when he gets to the league, he's not going to match up well in the league. Like, he's not going to just, he's not going to fit. Fast forward, summer league, 
he was going crazy. Like he was going crazy in some of these phase. I know you went to a couple games. I don't know if you got to see Keontae play. But oh, I saw him play in person. That was a priority. We saw him. And how did he look in person? Oh, he's that guy. Yeah, man. So I, w- I would say it's yeah, trending yeah. towards me being wrong about Keontae. I would admit that law. But I want to ask you, what did you see in him early on that gave you expectations to think he could be the player that he's looking like now? We actually, Like I said, we haven't seen him in the actual NBA, but summarily he did put on a show. Uh, for me, it actually went back to his high school days. He just had that confidence about him that you see in alpha, like alpha males that hoop that like no matter who they on the court with, you can drop him in there. He gonna go get his bucks. Like you're not gonna be taken away from him. And so I saw it in high school, and I was salty though because I wanted him to commit to Texas. I wanted to play for the Longhorns so bad because he's from Dallas. But he goes to Baylor. And with then when I heard um, Matt, I dropped it. I dropped his tweets in the chat all the time. Uh, John Rossi had tweeted that in the summer workouts alone, he had broken to the starting lineup. And at that, like Baylor always has good guards. So for you to be a freshman and you walk in and you break into the starting lineup, I was like, oh, he got something about him. And then summer league just confirmed it. I mean, that's and but that's what I'm talking about. Like their depth, they have sneaky good depth in Utah. That's why I don't believe John's going to be able to get the minutes he needs to really blossom because they have depth everywhere. Keontae, who was there? What, what pick was he? He was a lottery pick. He going to struggle for minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, if everybody plays to where they think people are going to play to, Keontae going to struggle for minutes because they also got ex-Laker uh, Taylor Horton Tucker who, the, I mean, people just wait for him to break out. Yeah. And so it's like, <laughs> he going to struggle. And don't forget about that Kansas Jayhawk over there. That baller. Oh, my God. He's not playing. He's not cracking oh that rotation. Gosh. Hey. Talking about Obaji. Hey. That's all, all he's talking about. Obaji. Hey, don't forget about you that ex-Kansas Jayhawk. Colin. Colin ahead of everybody you just named. I li- I'm, I li- I'm a fan of Colin. I like Colin. I, no, Faze, you was a bigger fan of Colin than me. I used to tell you that Colin was good, but he wasn't that good. But you was big, big on Colin. And I was I always tell you that Darius Garland was better. But you was like, Colin was your boy. At the time, uh, th- th- that is a hot take. I will say that Matt did say that, and I I argued the opposite way. I said Colin was better, but now I, I was wrong. Darius is significantly better than Colin. Yeah, but I Matt, my, I bet, is your boy uh is your Jayhawk gonna get more PT than Josh Christopher? Oh yeah, facts. Yeah, Stop yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Josh, Josh, uh, Josh is struggling to get the job, bro. Josh, Josh might not see the court that much. Archie, Archie goes. He gonna be, he gonna be first off the bench, second off the bench. He he gonna be in that second lineup for sure. He's a two way player. He's a no lineup. He's coming off the bench early and often. <laughs> for the G. Yeah, no, 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 not in the G League. He playing like Colin Sexton, Tht, is and Jordan Clarkson are the only three for sure that could play ahead of him. Oh, they also got Colin Sexton. That's why I said Colin Sexton, THT, and Jordan Clarkson go be the only three I can see for sure playing ahead of him. And Keontae and him gonna be fighting for minutes, but I can see Keontae and him playing together in the starting lineup. Not not starting, but like on the court at the same time playing. That's what I mean. So we'll see. Keontae Keontae gonna get the edge over Christopher for sure. No questions that. That's, that you you bind into your future. Let him let him on the court. Let him play. Yeah yeah yeah. I mean. I, 
And that's what I'm saying, though. I feel like y'all can get minutes, but I feel like Josh Christopher can get more minutes than a hot team. I mean, I don't know. That second lineup for them is going to be, like, the best of the best remaining. Like, their second lineup is really going to be a Hoopers Z because they also got Johnny Juzang. They got Romeo Langford. You know what I'm saying? They, they got dudes on that wing, on that, at that wing position to fill in. But if you don't make that second lineup, you pretty much are not going to play no. for them at all. Uh, what's the name not over there though? I mean, I mean, not what's the name. I'm not, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Josh Christopher is over there, but he came over there last year. But I would say this about Josh: him being a Houston future former Houston Rocket. I was a fan of him, not a big fan like Law, but I wanted him the ball for the simple fact he played for my Rockets. But it just didn't work over there, and the maturity just wasn't there. Um, and that's why it didn't work out. But we gonna move off the uh, Utah Jazz. They got it's, it's an interesting team. Um, Danny Ainge got to be mad about all this talent they got because he just want to tank and get better players. So he probably gonna walk down one day and start sitting players if they keep winning. Um, but uh, we gonna see how they go. We gonna see how they do going into the next season. Um, but obviously we got them ranked at number twenty three, missing the playoffs. What, 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 what are you grading their off season? I was about to ask you that. What's your grade for the off season? They get a B. I, I, I like Keontae, so I'm going to give him a B. There's nothing that's A quality to me. We'll see what happens with John. But I'm a big fan of Keontae, so. What's your grade for them, Law? I would also say it'd be, like, they didn't hurt themselves. They got a steal. I think they got A steal. I'm not going to say D steal, but they got A steal in Keontae, where as far as they got him. Um, you have depth. I, I, although I'm not a big fan of John, I thought like that adds to depth. But now, like we saw last season, they started out great. Uh, Lori was killing, but then when he deployed, it was kind of like the offense with, went with him. And at least now you can say, like, we have another four that we can plug in. Although we don't get the same production with Lori, at least it's something we can put in there. And who knows? Like, John good for surprising you randomly with a 20 and 15 game. You get your hopes up, but then the next day, he won't be there. Okay. I can feel that. I give him, I give him a C plus. But moving on to tough the grader. next moving sorry face, go ahead. I said tough grader. Oh yeah, per usual. So moving on to the next squad is moving up the list to number twenty two and we have the Orlando Magics at number twenty two. So FaZe, can I hear some off season transactions? I got you. The highlight is their rookie who I'm a big fan of, Anthony Black. So last episode last one, L got his with Keontae. Now we got Anthony Black. They also got Jet Howard. And this is a weird one. They actually got Joe Ingles as well, too, which is, I mean, to me, James, someone like a vet like Joe, maybe they're trying to turn the corner. We'll get into that soon. They lost Bobo and Michael Carr Williams, but they resigned Mo Wagner to, I mean, you kind of got to. This is a better place for the team. Matt is a big fan of the other Wagner brother. Uh, he's been on that one since day one. He was like, I'll take him over uh, Jalen Green. He a baller, bro. You don't like him? No, I do. He good. He good. Hey, we failed to mention I was a big fan of Laurie Markin early on, too. A lot of people wasn't. And I and I knew he was a star. He was. He was. Since the Chicago days. He he been he's been saying that for a while. Yes, and so I was happy for my boy to get him an all-star nine. But um but yeah, I like I like their uh I like that. I'm I'm your own ex law. You you the draft person. What what's your thoughts on Anthony Black? I remember you, I remember you not having a high a high take on him. So 
Anthony Black, the person, I mean, the person, the player, I like him as a player. Like, he, he's a tremendous talent. I just felt like Orlando reached for him and took the wrong player. Like, you grab another guard when your past three guards who are still on roster have not worked out. So now you're going to throw another young guard in the mix to compete with those same minutes and what? He go out there one night, have a bad night, get benched for who? Jalen Tubbs, who you're doing the same exact thing to last year. He's not going to be able to build and grow. The only thing that can really hope for in Orlando is if Paulo becomes a top 15 player and they win 35 games and they, I mean, but Anthony can definitely, at 6'7", he can stretch down to the three, but his game is just predicated as, I need the ball. Like, let me be the playmaker to set up the team. So I think he's a great kid. Like, he's a great player type. But I just feel like with Markel Fultz, with Cole Anthony, with Jalen Suggs, you have so many of the same guys that need – like, their skill set is all the same. Like, I need the rock to be able to do it. None of those dudes can go stand in the corner and be a knockdown shooter, or at least they haven't shown us that yet. None of those dudes can move without the ball and get open with like without the rock and then be able to operate. So, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. It seems like they just are building ultimate light skin too. The ultimate light skin too. <laughs> I, I, I think like the dynamic having a tall guard with potential is like that. That's a good one. But they do have too many guards. Actually, Matt, you were a big Suggs fan a few years ago. You thought he was the next great point guard. <laughs> and so, I mean, you can you can test that. He hasn't really became anything like he was in college in the league. I mean, I'm gonna I'm let you finish. Go ahead. I'm gonna let you finish. I'm just saying, Anthony, six seven, like he 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 shows defensive potential. He shows shot making potential. He shows creator potential. So like. If none of the smaller guards you got are working or stuff like that or have injury history because you're missing guards, like they're in and out of the rotation all year long, it's, it's 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 a good pick to me. I feel like, I mean, I'm not an Orlando Magic fan, and I think they make a lot of bad decisions. But if the upside is there for Anthony, a 6'7", like I said, 6'7", six, six, guard, it could it could work out really well. I mean, they're a tall team. Like, a lot of their starting lineup is really tall outside of that. Like so, it, it's like a, it's a fit. But to be honest with you, outside of Anthony, they really didn't do anything else. I mean, Joe Ingles is there now, but I'm a fan of him. I feel like there's a lot of potential and upside for him there. So I I was a fan of Jalen Suggs coming out, and at one point I wanted to get Jalen over Jalen Green. At this point, I am now glad that we got Jalen Green over Jalen Suggs. I will say that. But can, can you say that? Can you say that part again? Can you say that last part about being proud of who? I said, I I am happy that we got Jalen Green over Jalen Suggs. I will say that. I will say that Jalen Green is a much better player, and I appreciate him being on my Rockets. But Fonz Wagner is a better player than Jalen Green, too, though. So I would rather have Fonz over Jalen, too, though. <laughs> so, can we get... Wait, can we can we give credit to Toronto for seeing the right on the wall or before anybody else did? We thought he was a lock and replace Kyle Lowry at the very beginning, and they went Scotty, and we were kind of like, oh dang, we thought Scotty was gonna be a Magic, and they end up getting rookie of the year from that. Yeah, I mean they 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 do a beautiful job at drafting and developing talent over there in uh, Toronto. So I gotta give, definitely give them credit for that. So uh, for me, I'm a fan of Fonz. 
Um, Pablo showed a lot, a lot of potential this last season. He, like Law said, he could maybe has potential to be a top 15 player, maybe one day a top uh, 10 player. But uh, he, he, he shows a, he has, he, he surprised me how good he was. I, I really, really thought we was going to get Pablo. And the Magic kind of surprised everybody and took him because all, all indications was pointing that they was going to take Jabari Smith. And then, okay, she so was going to take Chet. And Pablo was going to fall to us at three. But they came out the gate and they took Pablo. And that kind of surprised a lot of people because everybody thought Jabari was number one. And as of right now, it looks like they made the right decision. Uh, who knows about Jabari? But we'll, we'll see. Uh, he still has some time. He still has a lot of time left. Not even some time. He still has a lot of time left. He showed a lot of potential. But uh, as of right now, Pablo does look like the better player. But I'm not giving up on Jabari. I, st- I still got faith in him. But um, that lineup is crazy. Well, they have, let's see. As of right now, let's say Anthony Black doesn't start. Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, Bancaro, and uh, I can't remember their center's name right now. Wendell Carter Jr. Thank you. That's a pretty tall lineup. A lot of length. Yeah. So, so what I was gonna say about. So I'm a traditionalist when it comes to certain things or a lot of things. It's like Sean Payton, the football coach for the Denver Broncos, he mentioned it once before. He said, when it comes to certain positions, he just like to go with the traditional size, size, height, weight for that player. And when it comes to – I'm the same way. So when it comes to NBA basketball, for me, the Magic have too many of the similar, same – Player styles. It's like they got Markel folks who can who can't really shoot but can dribble and get get the offense going and be an initiator. They got Cole Anthony, same thing. Dribble, get the offense going, initiator. Anthony Black, same thing. Jalen Suggs. It's like all four of them ca- kind of play the same. So like for me, when I say I'm tr- traditionalist, I want a guard that can do that. But if I, my off guard, I want my off guard to be able to catch and shoot. I want Clay Thompson, prototype, catch and shoot. I want Devin Booker, catch and shoot. Like, I want my off guard to be somebody that can catch it off the dribble, make something happen, can stand in the wing and just hit from the corner. Like, somebody that once the guard breaks it down, can kick it out to him, get somebody the head fake and take it to the rim. Like, that's what I want my – but it's like all four of those guys are all – they get the offense going. They, they flow the offense through them. But they, they're, they're more dishing it out to players. So it's like Malcolm Fox drives in, dishes out to Jalen Suggs, and Jalen Suggs is going to drive in and dish out to somebody else. Like they play they play similar ways. So it's like, like Law says, it's like a log jam of a similar type of players. And it's like it's hard to see. But I've seen a report that Cole Anthony may be getting traded out of there. And I think it'd be good for him because I feel like he could really blossom into a good player in another situation. I'm not saying he'll be an all-star, all-NBA player, but his talent can be used elsewhere for somebody else that can need that needs somebody like him on their roster. And um same thing for I, I feel like Jalen Suggs can still stay there and be a nice player for them. But they still have Gary Harris, who's a catch and shoot guy, a bit on the size for shooting guard for my liking, but he's a he's a pretty good player. And they have Markel folks. But I, I haven't gave up hope on I haven't given up hope on Jalen Suggs yet. I still think he could be a really good player. Um but he still has a ways to go. I didn't know he was six five. He's he's tall and I thought coming out of college I didn't know he was that tall. I mean, obviously, I realized it once he started playing. But um, 
But yeah, they just have a lot of guys that kind of do the exact same thing, things as far as playing style. And that's just one thing I just don't like about them. I feel like the mix just doesn't um, match well. And um, we'll see what's, what's going to happen going forward. But uh, for me, just to give a letter, I mean, I don't know if you want to respond to something I said, Fake. I seen you making faces. No, uh, no, nothing, nothing on that. Um, yeah. I mean, they have, it's, uh, there's, I mean, I'm not going to argue there's a log jam, and I'm sure consolidation traders have to have to happen eventually. Like, even with their bigs, like, they have a lot of bigs to send them um, out there, too. Like, so, eventually something's going to come. I mean, they are, they do want to take another step. So, we'll see. All right, my question for you two, just a quick question before we um close our letter grades. Peak for Pablo. Like, can he be... What's the highest you see him going? Like, obviously he's going to be an All Star if he keeps it up. He might be an All Star this season, but can he be an All NBA player? Can he be an All NBA first team player? Can he be a top five player? Can he be an MVP player? Like, what's what's y'all peak for y'all for Pablo? Lawrence, you can get this one first. Okay, so you talking like? This upcoming season, are you talking for his like, career? Just his career. For his oh, career, for his career G, I could definitely see him being like a top ten. Um, I could, I could see him, if not winning the MVP, like beating that conversation, like year in year out. In terms of like, dog, I'm carrying Orlando, bro. Like, and although we not get into the finals, we get into second round seven game series. We get into the Eastern Conference Finals, going home in six. Like, I'm carrying us, willing us all the way because just his his body type, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a mismatch nightmare to where you got to put JoJo on him. You got to put Anthony Davis on him, which pulls those bigs away from the rim. And if they can find some type of outside shooting, it could get, it could get nasty for them to ultimately win 35 games this year. But moving forward, like I was saying, I could definitely see him having his name in the MVP. Um, I could see him being – I could even see him not from the defense player of the year. I could see him getting one of those on his belt. Face. Dang, you, you better than me. I mean, I, I'll give him like a top 15 player. Like, he's really good, don't get me wrong. I think there's a lot of upside. I just, and I feel like – not that we haven't seen him before because we have, and he caught – Everybody by storm. Like, I don't think he's going to be this good this fast. I feel like it's about, I want to see some year-to-year growth. So, like, I want to see how much you can build upon. Because you had a good rookie year, really good rookie year. You, you were rookie of the year. But let's see, like, now you've been, like, a whole, like, uh, off-season, out, out of years, like, season out. Like, off-season work, let's see what you do. Let's see your year-to-year growth. Let's see how much you come, how much better you come back. So, for me, like, I can see him being a top 15 talent in the league for sure. Um... That's about the best I can put on there until I see more. Like, I, I want some year to year for, for me. Okay. Okay. I got that. For me, I can, I, his peak in my eyes is um, uh, uh, Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch, maybe Paul George. I don't know how y'all feel about Paul George compared to Chris Bosch, who y'all think is better or not. But like, Chris Bosch, Paul George, that kind of level type player. That's where I got him at. If I could just, just add one more one more point, I just want to give a shout-out to Xavier Knight because for all that I had to say about Paulo, um, Matt, just like Xavier knows, I'm not a, I'm not a Duke supporter. Like, <laughs> those, guys, those guys can kick rocks for all I care. 
But like you said, like he's gotten really good, and like you can't deny the talent. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just at a point oh, yeah. where you you'd be oblivious not to say Chad has a bright future for. I mean, not Chad, I love if um, Paulo Paulo has a bright future ahead of him. So I just wanted to let know that because by all means, like Duke is not my favorite. Yeah. So what's your uh, what's your letter grade for them this offseason, Law? Now them, I'd give like a like a C minus because of that log jam. Like it just don't make no sense. Y'all done this like year after year. It hasn't worked out, and it's like you're continuously trying to see like, can we be worse than we were last year? But now it's like <laughs> you know, you messed up because you got Paulo. He's really good, so. <laughs> You're gonna be. You're gonna move to that like gray area of purgatory where it's like we're not bad enough to get the one-two pick, but we're not good enough to make the playoffs either. So now it's like y'all gotta commit to winning now because you have Paulo and he's gonna win you off that off rip 30, 35 games. Yeah, you gotta hope all those young dudes you drafted over all these years can start developing to be more than they are. Like mm-hmm. that's a big thing. Like we need to see some growth. We need to see Cole Anthony have a, a, some year to year growth and Suggs make a leap like he should have had already and stuff like that. So it's a little great. I agree. I, D. I didn't do anything besides get Anthony Black. Like it's just they they did an they had an Orlando Magic offseason. They did one thing and they signed Joe Ingles. Well, we will see where things go from here. Let's move on to the next team. This I'm excited about this one. Let's move on to the next team coming in at number 21. I just want my Houston Houston natives, my Houston supporters, my Houston Rockets to know I wanted to put y'all higher. But it ain't about my own opinion. I work with a committee, and I want to be fair. But I just want y'all to know I wanted y'all to go higher. So at number 21, coming in hot are the Houston Rockets, my team, my squad. So, Faze, let me hear some off. Let me hear the beautiful moves we made this offseason. Y'all had a productive offseason. I won't deny that. Most notable names are Fred Van Vliet, NBA champion, and Dylan Brooks. Those are the most notable names. But, I mean, you did get Jeff Green, also NBA champion now. Uh, Reggie Bullock, I added recently. Aaron Holiday, Jacques Lindell. Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. Cam Whitmore fell. You guys got lucky on that one. You're lucky he has some bad workouts because there ain't no way he should drop that much. Say it again, bro. Say it again. It was yeah. a conspiracy <laughs> alert because ain't no way Cam should have fell that deep. That deep. It's ridiculous. Look, Matt just, y'all can't see him, but he just, he's sitting here cheesing. They, oh they lost, they lost Josh Christopher, Ty Ty Washington, Usman Garaba, Frank Kaminsky, KJ Martin, and Deshaun Nix. It's funny, Matt and I, we talk uh, often about some of these players, and Matt Matt was discrediting Ty Ty and discrediting Garaba. He said, oh, they weren't going to pick my team, and they got picked up by contenders right after that. Ty Ty playing for Milwaukee now, and Garaba playing for Golden State now. So I just want to throw that out there, that the, the, one man's trash is another man's treasure. He, he, they go, I don't even going to say trash, but they still not going to be good where they go. Tata for sure. Tata for sure. But contenders, contenders see the value y'all didn't see. Y'all ain't contender. Bruh, no. The content, the, the contenders are caps struck, so they picking up any pieces they can find to at least fill the roster. That's what's going <laughs> that's on. The case, 
No, they're taking a chance on young potential. Okay, if that's what you want to believe, okay. So, uh, let me talk about the Houston Rockets. So, Go ahead, your team, let's hear yeah, it. Yeah, 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 I got you, I got you, don't worry about it, I got you. Fred Van Vliet, point guard, shooting guard, we got Jalen Green. Small forward, we got Dylan Brooks. Jabari Smith at power forward. And at center, we got Faye's favorite um, Houston Rocket. Shangun. Shangun. I like Shangun. He's very he's a versatile, versatile big man. He's like a poor man's... Uh, I don't know if I want to say Sabonis or Joker. He's like a poor man's Sabonis. I say that. So... So, yeah, man. So, I, I, I like the offseason moves. Let me tell you one thing. Um, one thing my... Uh, one thing my grandmother once told me, sometimes you should thank God for what you don't get. And that's how I feel about the Houston Rockets. I think the one move that I'm happy we didn't do was sign James Harden to a max contract. So I was ecstatic about that because it was rumors all the way past All-Star break, before All-Star break, since Christmas, that the Rockets was going to sign James Harden to a max contract. And reports came out. I don't know how true these reports were. So these are not my reports. Came out that our, our head coach. You didn't talk about our head coach pickup phrase. That's another transaction. I, did, I didn't say anything about Ime Udoka. My, my bad. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't say that out there. Yeah, yeah. Ime Udoka, our head coach. The man that's going to turn us around and make us relevant again. He had a meeting with James Harden, allegedly. And James Harden told him how he wanted to be an all-star leader team and get back to, to being the leading scorer in, in the NBA. Ime looked at him and said, thank you, but no thank you. That's not what we want here, James. We want somebody to come in and be a vet. We want somebody to come in here and lead these young guys. We want somebody to come in here that's going to want to trust the process and not rush the process. The vision you have for yourself is not the vision we have for ourselves. So it's best if we just go our separate ways. And now he's stuck in Philly because he, he thought he was going to get a mass contract from Houston. But Ime said, we're not having that. We, this is a new era. We're not doing that anymore. So... With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and talk about it since it's a big topic every time I talk about the Houston Rockets. Jalen Green. My expectations for Jalen Green this season is to be a top five shooting guard. My expectations for Jalen Green this season is to be 25 points a game. My expectations for Jalen Green this season is to be an efficient player who shoots good from the field and does not turn the ball over. That's my expectations for Jalen Green. When he... Will he achieve those expectations? I don't know, but that's why I'm, that's what that's what I'm putting on his plate, and we are gonna see if he got a, a big enough appetite to eat it. Jabari Smith, I don't have big big expectations from him, but you were a top three pick, and we need you to ball now. It's time. It's time. You're going to see your second year. It's time. And Fred Van Freak, he got paid. Um, we gonna expect you to be a leader for this team and help lead us, and we gonna see what we can do from there. And the players, Thompson, that we got. I'm a fan uh, of Thompson, Thompson twin. I am a fan of him, but we will see Cam. I'm a fan of Cam. Um, but one player I want to talk about that's Faye's favorite, second favorite player on the Rockets is Tyree Eason, who shows Thank a you. lot of potential. I was waiting. Thank you. I was waiting for that. <laughs> shows a lot of potential and can be a really good player, but we will see where things go. We got a lot of nice pieces, a lot of talent over there. Nothing over the top talent. When I say over the top talent, we have nobody on our team that is a top 10 player. We really don't have nobody on our team that's a top 15 player. And if I just look deep into it, we probably don't have a top 20 player on our team. And that's okay. 
because we're going to work together. We're going to fight hard. We're going to play tough. And we're going to be a more effective team led by Emil Joker. So I'm going to leave it to y'all too. nothing about Dylan Brooks, though. So Dylan Brooks, I left him out intentionally because I'm I'm <laughs> Luke I'm lukewarm on the Dylan Brooks pickup. I think it can be beneficial to us. I was not excited about some of the moves and conversations he had when he was in Memphis. Um, some of the rhetoric he 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 chose to partake in with certain players called LeBron James and things like that. And um, I wasn't I wasn't too I wasn't too big of a fan that he did all that talking. But when he folded and lost, he tucked his tail and went home. Like, if you go stand on that, stand on that. If you go play that villain, play that villain. But when it comes time to it and you fold, don't go high. You got to stand on that. Stand on your business. Stand on business. And and talk your talk, even in the face of adversity. If you lost, just say that command. Yeah, hey, I folded. Hey, it's it's a pride, it's a pride hit. Whatever. I'm going to come back stronger, better. But to, 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 to not talk to the media... Come on, bro. We bigger than that. Don't don't do all that big upping. Because if you would have won, you'd have been looking for the media. The media would had no problem finding you if you would have won. But the fact that you lost and you dodged the media, I wasn't a big fan of that. But he's in Houston now. Hopefully, he matured from that situation, and now we can move forward and him him be a good leader for our organization. Because obviously, he wasn't a vet leader because Memphis was in a tough situation with their star player doing whatever he want to do in other situations so i don't know if he's a good vet leader but hopefully some of the trials and tribulations that he went through in his time in memphis has helped mature him to a better player and now since he went through that he can come help us lead us forward and be a good player for us but we paid him a lot of money not too much money only 80 million dollars is not bad nowadays for a wing like him and for four years so i feel like after two seasons if it, if it doesn't really go good we can flip him and get off him for another piece because his contract is low and it's only for, it's not a super long contract. So I think we can't let we can't let a Houston Rockets episode go by without bringing up Kevin Porter Jr., who's from my understanding not going to be with the team anymore. Am I correct? Um. Uh. Uh. Let's talk about it. Uh, what What can I say? So Kevin Porter Jr. for all the people that don't know. A report came out today, Faze. I don't know if you've seen that. I sent it along. I saw it. I, d- I did see it. I okay. Did see it. So the charges were dropped, right? And they said they couldn't, they had um, incon- inconclusive evidence to go against him. And they had no evidence to show that he actually broke the young lady's face or neck, whatever. I fractured her neck. So, um,. For the people that don't know, Kevin Porter Jr. is a is a guard for the Houston Rockets. Got traded to us about two seasons ago from the Cleveland Cavaliers because he had his own issues when he was with Cleveland. And then he came and kind of turned his career around in a better way. He was playing for us. He was getting minutes. He was balling. He had a couple of forty point games. He was he was doing his thing. He got paid. Um, he started dating a beautiful young lady that plays basketball as well. Reports came out that they had a domestic violence dispute. Um, it was saying that he broke, um, broke her, her neck and things like that, or fractured her neck and things like that. And, um, yeah, so that happened over the summer, and now times has passed now, and they're saying that uh, the charges will be dropped. But the uh, Houston Rockets up, uh, higher ups already said that Kevin Porter Jr. would not be a part of the team anymore before the reports came out about him being um, the charges being dropped. So I honestly don't know. The steps from here, like, I don't know if that means the team's going to give him a second chance to help. Uh, okay, they didn't cut him. They haven't released him. 
You know, he's still on the roster, still getting paid. He didn't have a he didn't have a fully guaranteed contract, so they could cut him, they could release him. And I seen the report that they were trying to trade him, but um, I'm not really sure. But we will see what happens from here with the young man. I I I'm, I mean, it's a tough situation, and I don't want to jump to any um, conclusion about what happened and what didn't happen. But I just pray everything happens. Everything happens how it's supposed to happen. That's how I, that's how I go. With a lot of things, like wherever, whatever God has in plan for that situation, I hope it plays out the way that God sees and justice is served how He sees best. And uh, it's very a very misfortunate situation. Kevin, Kevin Porter Jr. had has his problem with a few teams. Well, not a few teams, just mainly the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then um, I heard a couple of things about when he was back in college that he had a couple of incidents as well. So he, I ain't gonna say he has a track record of being a malcontent, but he doesn't have a pretty a clean sleep a clean slate of being a, a a good player off the court. So, what what you got to say about it? The NBA the NBA should step in, put a suspension out there. Or does he have a place in the NBA still? What do you think? I think for me, I always so I say this for me, if the team can suspend them, suspend them. Right? They obviously can. But for me, every time, how can I say this? Every time it's something big, I always say just let the NBA do it only because even though the team may do it, the NBA still may come back and just double up on what the team already did. So I, my, my thinking is always just let the NBA handle it. But then it's your house, so you want to keep your house in order. So you want to let, let set the ground rules for your house, and I understand that. So I think the team should suspend him. Let the NBA do their own investigation, and then based on the ev- investigation from the NBA and the, um, the PA, another suspension can be held out, but I feel like he should be suspended indefinitely until the investigation is held and, and done from the NBA and the PA. That's what I think should be happening. And then from there, they can decide if he's going to be suspended half a season, 25 games, 10 games, or they may consider time served with him being out right now, going up to the season start. So I, that's what I think should happen. I think the talent is there, but it's hard. It's like constant occurrences keep happening up in every level of college. It happened. Uh, Cleveland happened more than one time. And Houston, this is not the first incident. This is the first incident of that magnitude. But if I remember correctly, um, your last coach, there's an incident with him crying in the locker room and reports that KPJ was part of that, like, not respond to his players, stuff like that, right? So, mm-hmm. like, not responded to him. So, if these constant reports keep coming out about you, I mean, all the talent is in the world is there. There's only so much anyone can do until you make the change yourself as well, too. So. Yeah. I, I know Lars is a fan of uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Or has been. I don't want to speak for him now. But, uh, Lars, what's your, what's your thoughts on the whole Kevin Porter Jr. situation? I know you've been following him for a while. So what's your whole thoughts on the Kevin Porter Jr. situation? Uh, for me, it's a sad situation. You know, you hate to hear about any type of domestic violence. Uh, um, however, reading all of the reports and keeping up to what was happening, I think, I think that we aren't. If the league is waiting for something to be for him to be charged, and that's like their rule. That's like their you know, they're lining the sand. They're going to, like, um, kick him out the league, you know, and he has to reinstate or whatnot. That's not going to come. 
because hey, Kaiser and the police saying that they don't have enough evidence. We all saw the pictures. We all saw the medical report that says she had a fractured uh, throat. So I feel like she went to the police and walked back her um, report because it wasn't even her who first like called the cops on him. It was her sister because they, they were at a club and the incident happened and as a sibling does, she was looking out for her sister. But in these scenarios, you know, it's, it's like if Kaiser doesn't say, Kevin did this to me, he's not going to get charged. So it's a messy situation. And if he were to get cut by y'all, like you said, he isn't, I would be interested to see if another team even does pick him up because you're not going to, there isn't any leeway. Now, unless, you know, they start to peer pressure Kaiser, but she already put out multiple statements saying XYZ didn't happen. And it doesn't look like she's changing her stance on it. I know that she's a Adidas athlete, but it'll be interesting to see, like, her trajectory with life, given that this is out there. Because if they both just act like it didn't happen, it'd be hard for me to say the NBA or the, even the NBA PA is going to step in and be like, no, this isn't going to happen. You're suspended for X amount of games. When we look at how our society views sports, it's kind of like you're innocent until proven guilty, but even if you have the evidence, we'll still let you play. We've seen that time and time again in the NFL. Agreed. Agreed. So we will see. We will see. Just for you, though, how you feel about outside of Kevin Porter Jr.'s thing, how you feel about the Houston Rockets as a whole? How do you feel about my expectations for your boy Jalen Green? How do you feel like they can do as a, as, a, as a unit? Like, how do you feel about the Rockets? I feel like y'all are definitely putting together uh, a team to be messed with moving forward. Like, you're filling out depth in all the right positions. And the best part about it is 90% of the roster is, like, home-drafted guys. So it's not like y'all had to go spend money or trade young assets to go get them. Um, I do feel like Jalen going to be able to pass your expectations. Uh, he going to show y'all he gonna, he could be a superstar. Like I've been telling y'all, uh, you got Tari Eason. I remember telling you about him in his LSU days. He a dog. Um, and then I feel like Fred is going to be just like the glue to put it all together. I could, I definitely see y'all like being a first round uh, playoff team. Everybody reached their, uh, projected ceilings. I feel like the biggest question mark for y'all though is Jabari. Because if he lives up to expectations, I didn't feel like that, like, puts y'all in that different stratosphere. Almost when Anthony Davis first went to the Pelicans, and it was like, he's so good that he's, like, speeding up our, our like, uh, rebuild. I feel like that could be Jabari for y'all, is where it's like, all right, right now, some people might be like, all right, we playing for the playing tournament. Jabari go out there, he doing his, let's say Jabari can get y'all 28 and 16. People are like, oh snap! Like we 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 got we got the arguably the best one of the best bigs in the league. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that could definitely speed things up depending on his development and some other young guys. Agreed. You, agreed, you, you agreed. saw what Jabari did in summer league. He's actually like 35 a game. Listen, bro. I mean, we we were talking about it before the call, but it's one thing to do it against cats that 
a lot of them not going to be in the league come October. It's a different thing to go out there and give AD Greek. Um, I mean, even Christian Wood, you know what I'm saying? It's it's one thing to give them type of dudes 35 and 16, night in, night out. No, but I do want to give a shout-out to Deshaun Nix uh, on y'all's team. I know he's not going to get no PT, but shout-out to him. Finally getting, uh, getting in where he uh, fit in. So, shout-out you, Deshaun. Or Deshaun Nix. <laughs> yeah, y'all have a... I'm gonna, I'll, I'll start, I guess I'll start this one with the grades. I'll give y'all a... Y'all did good. Y'all did have a good offseason. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Hello? I give y'all, I give y'all like a, like a, like a B plus. Okay. I give a B plus. Like a lot of the things right now, it just like it looked good on paper. You know what I'm saying? Like the case in point for me, the Thompson twins on paper and these little like expedition and highlight games. Like they look great. They look amazing. But I can't put too much money in it because again, they were twenty. They in their twenties playing against teenagers in OTE. A lot of people gonna look good in that scenario. Uh, I like the defense I've seen. I've seen. I've seen the heart they play. Yeah, we gonna see. I love that for them. <laughs> I love that for them. We gonna see. We gonna see. I'm excited for my Houston Rockets. Hopefully, we can um, turn things around and get back to the days where we were at least contending for a championship in our James Harden days. And I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm gonna make sure I get to a game this season for sure. But yeah, man, that's gonna be uh that's gonna be it for our breakdown of our NBA preview today. We got uh we took care of the Utah Jazz at twenty three, the Orlando Magic at twenty two, and the Houston Rockets at twenty one. Um, going into our next tier, it's gonna be play in teams. So all these teams that we got done up to this point are teams that we think are not gonna make the playoffs or make the play in tournament. So going into our next section, it's going to be the four teams that we feel like are going to be in the play-in tournament or around that area as far as power ranking style. So um, we're, going, we're going to save that to do a whole play-in tournament section for our next ones. And, I, and my hint for my next team will be uh, um, it's the house that a lot of people consider the GOAT build. I'll say that. Any hit you got first? Yeah. Number one. I mean, I don't. I mean, nah, I can't. I probably feel I'm gonna say I'll ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll see. Uh, so that's gonna be it for me, man. Law, thank you for joining us, man. Hopefully, we we can get you on another episode, and uh, we can we can kind of keep this trio going for a few more topics. I know for sure we're gonna bring you back for the uh, Lakers episode when we get to the Lakers. So that's one for sure. But I'm glad we was able to get you on for these three. Alright man, that's gonna be it for us. Peace.